This episode is brought to you by Delta Airlines. One of the most underrated parts of a trip is that flight home. And that's why Delta Airlines tries to make you feel at home long before you even get there. Now, for somebody like me that's a homebody, feeling at home in the air is very valuable to me. And I love to curate that comfortable experience. And what I love about Delta is they have over a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment. They have Wi-Fi so I can do anything else that I want to do on my devices. They have great food and drink, and it just creates a positive end to my trip. They have fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members, more than a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment, and they have premium food options and beverages like herbal teas, cold brew, sparkling wine, and more. All of the comforts that you'll find at home, you can find in a flight experience that feels made just for you. You may not be home yet, but Delta Airlines helps you feel a little bit more like it. Delta Airlines believes that you should feel at home, even if you're 30,000 feet above it. Learn more at Delta.com. Amazon Business honors Ricardo Gurgel, owner of Veggie Root Tavern. This week, Ricardo saved big and used Amazon Business to help his team buy commercial deep fryers at a quantity discount. Because even veggies can be fried. I'm going to need two orders of fried fiddleheads. With business buying easier than before, Ricardo now uses his extra time to focus on growing something big. Buy smarter, dream bigger. Visit Amazon Business, your partner for smart business buying. Mmm, fiddleheads. Yum. This episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast is brought to you by God is My CEO, a prayer journal for entrepreneurs. I am so excited about this journal because it is the first ever prayer journal specifically for entrepreneurs. God gave me this idea a little over a month ago for me to create this journal for business owners. And I am just amazed with the response that has gotten thus far, the people who've been able to pre-order it and download the the virtual digital version um, and get started with growing that relationship with God and allowing God to be the CEO of their business. This journal is amazing because it has a space for you to surrender your business to God. Uh, It has a space for you to write down your million dollar ideas that God is going to give you as you grow in your relationship with him. It has a place for you to write down your answered prayers so that you can constantly be reminded that if he did it once, he'll do it again. There's a page, there's a section called I feel, but I know. In that section, it allows you to navigate the difficult feelings and sometimes just the very personal feelings of being an entrepreneur and relate that to what the scripture says so that you can be encouraged in those not so sexy parts of entrepreneurship. There's also a section for sermon notes. So if you guys are like me and you watch a lot of sermons online or if you just attend church, there's a section for you to take notes in there as well. And then, of course, there are the journaling pages. So there's a morning and evening section for you to journal and spend time with God every single day. So I'm so excited about this journal. I've been getting such amazing responses from everyone who's pre-ordered already and been able to utilize the digital version. So make sure you go to www.blessedandbossedup.com so that you can pre-order yours today. Let's start the show. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up presented by Anchored Media an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but 
well-equipped to live and build your destiny his way. Hey guys, it's Tatum. Welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. Today, continuing on with our theme of marketing, um, we're going to be talking about how to conduct a competitor analysis. And so um, this is something that a lot of people don't really talk about. And it's extremely important for us as entrepreneurs to have an understanding of our competitors. Now, that does not mean that we need to be doing what our competitor is doing or stealing or anything like that. But in order for us to be competitive in our market, we have to know how to do a proper competitor analysis in, a, in a, a very qualitative competitor analysis so that we can take our findings and make our business that much better. But before we get into that, I want to tell you guys, like, whenever you are doing something for God, doing something that God has called you to do, do not think for one second that just because you're doing the will of God that the devil's not going to try you. <laughs> like, I sent out an email to my um, email list this past week. And if you're not on my email list, you definitely should get on it because I don't know. Sometimes I feel like my email list is my diary because a lot of things happen throughout the week when I'm not recording a podcast and I always find a really good lesson in it that I just feel the need to write and send out. But um, the the email last week was about the books, the journals. So to make a long story short, the USPS didn't come and get the journals. And so this was on Tuesday. They were supposed to get them Tuesday because they couldn't get them Monday. This was on Tuesday. There was a, a, a snowstorm coming to my area on Wednesday. So I'm like, these things got to get out today because otherwise I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow with this snow and all this stuff the weather people are talking about. So they didn't come. So I'm sitting in my apartment with about 10 boxes full of books so each of these boxes are like super heavy and so um I was like I have to take all of these to the post office myself and this is these are things that happen in entrepreneurship like sometimes you just got to do what you got to do it's inconvenient it may be a lot it, but you got to do what you got to do for the sake of the customer. So, um, yeah, so it's 10 heavy boxes full of books. It's raining and hailing outside. And I was just like, look, I ain't really about to be out here playing with USPS. The longer I wait, the bad, the worst what I don't even know the right tense of that word right now um, but the worse the weather is going to get and so I was like I got to take these to the post office myself but I was by myself too so I'm like and I live on the third floor of my building and there is no elevator because it's a garden style so it's only about four floors and so I was like all right well let's do this I guess it's gonna be my workout for today so I went and got my car I drove it around to the front of the building and I took every book out my apartment and I lined it up one by one outside and I picked it up. I ran down the three flights of stairs. I put it in my car. I ran back up three flights of stairs, grabbed the next one, ran down. And I did that about 10 times. And luckily towards the end though, um, I was like, first of all, my back and my legs was on a fire. <laughs> and I was like, God, please send me some help because your girl is, uh, is getting a little tired here. And so, uh, these, these, the maintenance guys in my uh, neighborhood they drive around on these little go-karts 
Um, so they they come around the corner and it was like I could literally see sun shining. Mind you, it's raining and hailing. I done got hit in the back with panel that's flying off of the roof and everything, getting beat up for real, get, trying to get these things in my car. So like these making these guys come rolling around the corner and I flag them down like, hey, can y'all come help me, please? And I'm all out of breath. And they like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I got two more boxes that's right up uh, on the third floor. Can y'all please go get them for me? bring them to my car so they was like sure so they ran upstairs and got them and brought them down and put them in my car so I thank God for those two maintenance guys because listen I probably would have tumbled back down them stairs if I would have went up there one more time but anyway so I put them in my car I drive to the post office I drop them off they get done great hallelujah but it's just one of those things. I tell that story because it's like, I knew that because it was so much going on and it was so stressful trying to figure out the USPS thing and this not being something that I've done before and I'm not getting the answers I'm looking for from the post office, from customer service, from nobody. I knew that is this is just a little bit of pushback. And I was cool with it because I knew that what this journal represented, it's not about just income for me. It's about what's going to happen in other people's lives as a result of using it and really uh, growing their relationship with God and making him the CEO of their business. So I was like, by any means necessary, people going to get these because, and I'm not about to let the devil win. Like he must've thought that I was soft and it's, I'm not. So I'm about to just make this happen. And so I did, but that was just really a lesson for me. And I wanted to share that story because I want you guys to understand that as you make God the CEO of your business and you live this blessed and bossed up life, it's not going to come without you having to pay some dues like it's not going to come without some pushback or some controversy but a lot of us we fold under pressure and pressure is either going to break you or or like pressure either breaks diamonds excuse me pressure either either breaks pipes or bust pipes or makes diamonds. So which one are you going to be? Are you going to be that diamond that the pressure made? Or are you going to be that pipe that busted? And I knew for me in that moment, like, I don't care what the weather is doing. I'm about to suit up, put my hood on, put on a hat, like do what I got to do. And I'm going to go out here and make sure that these go out. Cause it's, I wasn't about to take, Oh, you have to wait for an answer because I don't want anybody who bought this journal to feel to their journey to get delayed in any type of way, because I didn't get this out. So, yeah, y'all, um, the devil tried me last week, but I won. <laughs> so, but anyway, if you didn't get your journal, um, you can get it at blessedandbossedup.com. You can also get it off of Amazon and let that be Amazon's uh, <laughs> fight. But, uh, yeah, you could get it off of Amazon. Just search my name and it'll be there. Um, but yeah, so before we get into the competitors, also, I wanted to kind of talk about or segue into something I was really thinking about heavy this morning. And um, I've been reading this book called Wholeness by Pastor Tori Roberts. I actually finished it like last month. And so that book was like super duper dope. Like I always, I already kind of felt like I was in a great position as far as everything that I've been through. I knew that I was uh, in a great position from having that type of past. Like people who've been through the things that I've gone through, uh, whether it be growing up or anything like that, they're promiscuous in jail, on drugs, a lot. Like it's it's a, a lot. Statistics say a lot about people who have similar backgrounds as me. And I never wanted to be a statistic. 
So I felt like I was doing well, but I'm always willing to grow as a woman. Aside from entrepreneurship, I always want to make sure that I'm growing as a woman because at the end of the day, like I'm going to be somebody's mom one day. I'm going to be a wife one day. I'm going to have to to lead more people at some point. So I always want to make sure that I'm prepared for all of these responsibilities that I'm looking forward to in life. And so as I was reading this book, it really just showed me other broken areas that I didn't even realize that I had. And so I definitely suggest you guys get that book. It's called Wholeness. Um, But as I was kind of thinking about just reflecting on that book this morning and just reflecting on some things, I wanted to kind of really just pose the question to you guys of who are you when all of the entrepreneurship stuff is stripped away? Like if you didn't have this business, if you didn't have these high uh, ambitions, if you didn't have this pop Instagram account, if you didn't have uh, this business plan, if you didn't have all these hopes and dreams or whatever it is that you're grinding so hard for, if you didn't have any of these things, if you weren't this this boss, who would you who are you like do you even know who you are after that and I don't know why I'm really I've been thinking about that a lot but I think a lot of people especially when we're in these grassroots stages of growing brands and businesses we forget who we are we get so hooked up on I'm going to quit my uh, nine to five I'm going to be a uh, I'm going to be self-employed I'm going to be a millionaire I'm going to build a successful business I'm going to do all of these things that we forget who we are and I think this may be something I think it may be on my mind because God wants to keep me grounded as he blesses me but I'm I'm reading I'm going through this um this Bible plan in the Bible app I forget let me pull up what it's called right now while I'm talking it's called develop the right heart for prosperity so if you have the Bible app then you can just search that in plans and I'll put it in the show notes as well but as I'm going through it like it's really showing Because I know for me, I want to make sure that I don't want to get to the point where God like blesses me with all of these things that I know is coming to me or he blesses me with even more things that I don't know is coming to me. And I just mess it all up or he has to take it all away from me to get my heart right. Like I want my heart right to be I want my heart to be right first. So that way, when I get it, I can do the right things with it. I can uh, serve God with it. I can bless other people with it. I can bless my family like I could really use it to grow um, as a woman of God and just as a person and really help others. So I want to make sure that I'm never in a position where I want to be proactive and not reactive and make sure I'm not in a position where God has to get to strip me away from everything that he's blessed me with in order for me to get back focused. So I've been really studying a lot about just making sure like pretty much what this this reading plan is about, which is developing the heart for prosperity. And I'm probably on like day five, but the core of it is your blessings are not materialistic. So I may want this beautiful home in Potomac. I may want 
my white Porsche Panama. I can never say the daggone name right. My white Porsche. <laughs> or I might want all of these things, but my heart has to be right because the blessings are not materialistic. And so that's something I kind of have to keep, make sure for me that I keep in perspective of my, de- keep my desires in perspective. But that's something I wanted to talk about on this show as well. Like we, we get so caught up to the point where we got our vision boards up. We know we working towards this to where we lose ourselves. Like who are we? Once we get the Louis bag and the Porsche and a beautiful home and all of these things, who are you? Like, who are you at the core? And so I really just wanted to pose that question for you guys to just as just something to think about, because if the question is you really have lost yourself or if you're really in a point where you don't know who you are anymore because you work so hard in your business, you should really just stop the business and get back in alignment with who you are as a person. Because no, because one, even when you reach whatever success that you're grinding so hard for, you won't even be happy. I think people really forget that there there are successful people who are not successful people and what I mean by that is there are successful people who have materialistic things they have these high net worth they have all of this stuff that we admire but they're not successful internally they're depressed they may be studying suffering from like suicidal thoughts or things like that like they may be really going through stuff or wondering why they're not happy it's because that they didn't even know who they were in the first place so now they got all this stuff they don't even know what to do with it or they got all this stuff and they they can't even just spend time with themselves you know what I mean or they're battling demons that they don't even know how to overcome because they didn't get they didn't take the time to get to know themselves so anybody out there that feel like you may have lost yourself in this grind lost yourself and listening to all these business podcasts or reading all these books and going to all these classes and buying all of this stuff and investing in all of these these people or whatever but you don't know who you are put all of that down so that you can figure out who you are and once you do that then you'll know how to pick it back up and be able to move in the right direction and the way that you're going to know who you are is really making God the CEO of your business and the CEO of your life so that he can tell you if just based off of me growing my relationship with God who he's telling me I am versus who I would have told you I am is totally different his is of course better but it's totally different so I probably would have been hustling super hard for something that is beneath what it is that he wants for me and I and to give you an example one time I was praying and um, one of the things God told me to do was not take any more long-term one-on-one clients I don't know if this is going to be a for everything, but it's just for right now. Don't take any more um, one-on-one clients. And so I was really struggling with that because it was like, well, this is my consistent income. If I have somebody that's contracted to work with me for a year, or I have multiple people contracted to work with me for a year, I know every month I'm going to make this amount of money. So it's like, what do you mean you want me to to cut off something that's like my main source of income? It was something I, I truly, truly struggle with. So I, I really don't want you guys to ever think that you listening to God or being obedient is easy. It's really not. It's extremely hard. And we also have full range to do whatever we want to do. But there are consequences that come with that. But I know for me, I'm just at a point in my life where I'm just going to do whatever I feel God is leading me to. And so I was like, all right, God, I'll do it. But like, why? Like, can you just explain to me, like, why is that? 
why is that what I have to stop doing right now? Like, why is that my instructions? I'm confused. Like, I'm going to do it anyway, but can I just get something so I could even feel, so I could just feel a little bit more comfortable with it? And so um, I was listening to a sermon, maybe like a couple weeks after that, I was listening to a sermon and it just hit me. It was like the reason why I can't work with people one-on-one is because that's beneath where God is taking me and not beneath isn't less than it's just less than his plan for me. I'm not saying that anybody who does that is anything wrong. I'm just talking about my particular calling. So um, me working one-on-one with people is lower than what God wants me to do. So the, the exact words that I got were me being me working with people one-on-one is me being a fisherman of fish, but God wants me to be a fisherman of man. And so I, and once I heard that, I was like, okay, I got it. And there was a whole story in the Bible that really drove it home for me, but I was like, okay, I got it. God wants me to impact the, uh, large groups of people who will in turn impact more people. You know what I mean? So in a way, God is is calling me to be like that, the person who clicks over the domino effect. And then all of these things happen as a result of whatever it is that I was instructed to do. And so that's just how amazing God is too, for anybody who's kind of wondering like, what do you mean make God the CEO of your business? What is that like? Um, God, a lot of times will give you explanations he don't always give you explanations because there's some things still. I'm like, I don't know why I'm doing this, but all right. But um, yeah, sometimes God will give you explanation explanations if you ask for them. But that explanation just showed me that or confirmed to me that my plan for myself was too small. And the only way that I was going to reach the highest of heights or reach my full potential was if I if I really just stayed rooted with God. Um, I don't even know how I got there. But uh, yeah, just back to the original question of who are you when without the business? If the answer is you don't know, it's okay that you don't know. Trust me, it's totally okay. But that's when you need to put the business down and focus on that. And really, God is going to be the one to really give you that identity or God is going to be the one to show you an identity that's better than you even thought you were. If you were to just surrender and make him the CEO of your business, make him the CEO of your life so that you can be able to get on the right path. So moving on to the actual topic for today, um, I wanted to talk about in forms of, or as it relates to marketing, I really wanted to talk about a competitor analysis. And the reason why I preface, preface the real episode of today with talking about understanding who you are and, and learning your identity in God and things like that is because if you don't, when it comes to actually getting down to the nitty gritty of your marketing and doing your competitor analysis, your competitor analysis will turn into a comparison game real, real quick. If you still are unsure about who you are and you have that shaky foundation or you have insecurity lingering, you will go from thinking you're developing a marketing plan to being upset because you're not doing as well as the competitors that you're analyzing. So that's why I talked about that first, because it's extremely 
important for us to understand that you have to be right in order for you to do the things that's required for you to grow your business. Because like I said before, if you got a bad attitude, you're not going to get into a meeting and think your attitude going to be good. You know what I mean? Or if you're a shady person, you're not about, you can't think that you're about to do good business deals. Or if you're being lazy with the stuff that you're doing now, how can you get more? You're just going to miss, you're just going to mishandle it. And so, yeah, it's just important that we make sure that we're right first before we try to get to the nitty gritty of our business. And it's extremely important that we make sure that we know who we are before we start doing this competitor analysis, because then we might get so caught up in that, that one, like I said, we get into that comparison game or two, we end up being little clones of our competitors. And that's not good either. Nobody likes a copycat. So I'm going to talk about five ways. So if you're listening to this, take some notes. If not, they will be in the show notes for you to look back to. Um, and if you guys have any questions about this, definitely go to blessedandbossedup.com. Click on the Ask a Boss tab, and I will gladly answer any questions that you may have or elaborate on anything further. The reason why I love talking about this is because a common objection to entrepreneurship or a common thing that or a mentality that feeds people's fear in starting a business is everybody has an XYZ. So let's say everybody has a clothing line. So why should I start one? Or everybody has a nail salon. So why should I open a nail salon? Or everybody is a business coach. So why should I be a business coach? Or everybody is this. So why would I be that too? It's there are enough people in this world for us to keep starting businesses. Now, if you make, if your business is started around a legitimate problem that you're solving, then you're fine if other people do it. That's why competitor analysis is important because then that will tell you how you can make your business different and better for um, your consumers. Um, so yeah, so point number one is identify your competitors. You can't do an analysis on competitors that you don't even know you have. Everybody has competitors. So the same way that you say that everybody has an XYZ, go find them people. So, and identify your competitors so that you can be able to structure your business in a way that's competitive. Now, once you identify who your competitors are, pick like the top three to five, depending on how many it is, um, and do the analysis on them. But also pick the number one person in your industry. And the reason why I say this is because a lot of people, you make the mistake of thinking that somebody is your competitor that's not even your competitor. So first of all, let your target audience define who your competitor is. I personally do not name my competitors. My competitors, the people that I analyze and do the same competitive analysis for are people that my target audience tells me. So if I'm on a call, let's say when I was taking one-on-one clients, if I'm on a call with somebody and I say, hey, have you ever worked with a business coach before? And they say, yeah. And I ask who? And they tell me that's a competitor. If I say, um, or somebody keeps bringing up something, somebody else, they're a competitor because the fact that you brought them up 
with me means that you think that we're related in some way. Now, what that also tells me is if I don't like who's being brought up with my name, then I need to do something different so that it's clear that we are not comparable. You know what I mean? So it's definitely important to listen to your target audience because they will tell you everything you need to know and they will tell you the adjustments that you need to make. So definitely let your target audience as well pick who your competitors are. Um, But then also pick the top person in your industry. If whoever they say your competitors are is not the top person in your industry, the top person in your industry is always your competitor. Because why are we even doing this if we're not trying to be the best? Like nobody want to be a, a mediocre version, a mediocre entrepreneur, a mediocre anything. So if we're pursuing excellence, then we need to go to who the number one person is. So if you're a motivational speaker, your competition is the number one motivational speaker in the world, as well as who your target audience is comparing yourself to, but also have that mindset of when it comes to everything that I'm coming for this number one spot. So my audience may not be comparing me with the number one motivational speaker in the world right now, but as I'm growing and developing my marketing strategy for my business and growing and developing as a speaker and growing and developing as whatever, that's what I'm looking for as the prototype. Well, that's what I'm looking at as the goal, the number one. And a lot of people don't really tell people that when they're talking about their marketing, it's always more so about um, who does the same thing as you or whatever, but you should always be looking, you should always be looking at the number one person in your industry. Um, okay. And matter of fact, too, don't sleep on who's up and coming in your industry either. Definitely don't sleep on that because if taxi cab companies would have slept on Uber, wouldn't have slept on Uber, they probably still would be around. If hotels wouldn't have slept on Airbnb and gotten to the real estate game instead, they probably would have would not be um as big of a competitor as they are right now. So definitely also do not sleep on who's up and coming. And that's why it's important to know your industry and know what's going on. A lot of times we re- we rely on our information from the wrong sources. You remember back in the day where when you were writing papers, not necessarily back in the day, this may still be relevant, but when you were writing papers in high school or whatever, and you would quote Wikipedia and your professor or your teacher always be like, Wikipedia is not a reliable source. You can't just go to Wikipedia. You have to use actual reputable resource or reputable sources um, that you get your information from. It's the same thing. We can't get all of our information now from social media. Like we have to make sure that we're looking at actual journals and scholarly articles and we're actually opening up actual books (laughs) to get our information. We're looking at um, research that these these companies have spent a lot of time and money for us on doing themselves. So we have to make sure that we're using the right sources to uh, to know what's going on in our industry. That way we could already that way, if let's use the same example, the taxi companies, if they would have kept doing that, if they would have kept their their foot in their industry or their head in their industry enough, they would have been able to see that Uber was coming. They would have been able to see like, oh, I need to make some adjustments then in order to uh, stay competitive or in order to stay number one as far as transportation is going. Or the same thing, let's say the Kodak company, not Kodak Black, y'all, the Kodak company who who had the little disposable cameras. If y'all a little young and y'all remember a disposable camera, it was a little thing. Uh, It was a little camera 
and it had like this little winding thing on it and it was disposable. So you would take your little pictures until it was gone. You would take the reel to the store and have it developed and then you would throw the camera away. Now we can just take a picture on our phone or we could take a picture with a camera and have digital files. We didn't have that back in the day, but Kodak was like the brand that did all of that like they was the photography brand but if they would have got hip to the daggone digital photography they would probably still be around and not be bankrupt right now so it's definitely important y'all that you keep your head just deep into your industry so that's point number one identify your competitors pick the top three to five depending on how many you have but also make sure you include the person or company that's number one in your industry because you always should be striving to be number one and also be mindful that also be mindful and don't sleep on the up and coming competitors. Keep your head so focused in your industry that you're able to project trends. Number two, do a SWOT analysis on all of your competitors. For y'all that don't know what a SWOT analysis is, is basically strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. It's so easy. It's really not that deep. You can just draw like a little, uh, a little cross type um, situation in the middle of a paper, put an S in the upper left-hand corner, a W in the upper right, a O in the bottom left, a T in the bottom right. And just look at your competitors, look at everything, their website, their packaging, their social media, whatever, and write down some strengths, some things they do really well. Write down some op- some weaknesses, some things that they don't do so well. Maybe they are, maybe their shipping and handling time is a little bit too long. Maybe they, uh, the, the quality of their products is a little bit cheap. You know, really write down the, the weaknesses as well, because some of those weaknesses you may be able to capitalize on in your marketing um, and in your branding and maybe in your products or whatever, so that you can be able to compete with them. Also, look at opportunities. Now, when I look at opportunities when doing a competitive analysis, I look at um, opportunities that I can feel. So let's say, let's use the example of their shipping and handling time is a little long. So uh, that's an opportunity for me to say, we'll get your orders out within 24 hours and use that in our marketing. That's an opportunity. Or let's say they don't, they only have email. So if somebody has an issue with their order, they have to just send an email. So that may tell me, okay, I'm going to have a customer service number where you talk to a real person on the phone. Uh, A good example of this is let's say FreshBooks versus QuickBooks. So they're both accounting softwares, right? I used to have QuickBooks. I had to fire them and I got FreshBooks now. So with QuickBooks, one thing I hated about them is they had so many products that every time I called, I had to go through so much to even talk to the right person because they had to figure out what product I had. And then also if I had more than one QuickBooks product, I had to talk to more than one person. Like it was just, or the the one person who worked on, let's say, QuickBooks self-employed didn't understand QuickBooks accounting. Like it was just silly to me and just unnecessarily difficult. FreshBooks, nonetheless, they advertise, they answer the phone within three rings or less. You're talking to a real person. They go right into your account and boom, they can help you 
that quickly. Like their customer service is just so much better than QuickBooks. Now they aren't as uh, robust of a software as QuickBooks. However, that one little thing is works better for me. So I'm, I jumped ship and went with them. So that's the same thing. If there's a weakness in a competitor, then there's a way for you to, um, there's a way for you to capitalize off that. That's your opportunity. Now, threats are just things that make getting your way. It can be time. That's most of the time a threat for most people is because they have this perception of I don't have enough time to do X, Y, Z um, or money may be a real threat. But you have to figure out how to to move despite those threats. The first step in understanding what you need to overcome is to identify what it is that's working against you. So that's what the threat is. So this is something that you need to do on each competitor. This will allow you to really, really get a great understanding of who it is that you're competing against and really, really develop that unique selling proposition for your business as to why somebody should um, why somebody should work with you or buy your product as opposed to someone else's. Okay, let's see. Number three. And also, let me go back to number two. Don't think that because remember, we're including the number one person in your industry in this SWOT analysis. Don't think because they're number one, it ain't no weaknesses or it's nothing that you can capitalize off of. So for me, if I look at, let's say, I don't even consider myself in the speaking industry right now, but let's say I'm looking at the number one motivational speaker in the world. There's no black women on the top motivational speaker in the world list. And it for sure ain't no millennials on there. So that's an opportunity because that's a whole market that I can identify with that they can't. You know what I mean? So if I'm working on uh, skyrocketing in that industry, then there's something right there. So, so for you guys that are um, for you guys that do consider yourselves motivational speakers or if that's the industry that you're looking to really capitalize on, I, you're definitely a millennial black woman. If you listen to this show, that's the opportunity for you right there. But then you also have to understand, too, with your marketing, how can you subtly exp- not I don't want to say exploit, but how can you use that unique selling proposition in a way that really uh, drives your marketing or drives your brand to the point where you are considered that number one person. So it's one thing to identify it, but then you have to come up with a plan to utilize that to get you to that number one spot. That's all the SWOT analysis section is about or step is about. Just really getting a holistic understanding of the condition or the situation. Um, I'm about to use the word situation audit because I did just did that in one of my classes, but um, that just gives you just a really good understanding of where a company, brand, person, business, whatever stands and how you can utilize, capitalize off their weaknesses and create opportunities for yourself to be competitive. Now, number three, read consumer responses. There is no better source than your ta- the target audience because people are, especially now, people are so vocal about what it is that they feel, what it is they think. Like social media has given so many people a voice that would not have had a voice without it. And so as entrepreneurs, we have to utilize that as a space for market research. Social media, when you're doing this competitor analysis and when you're running the business should be market research. <laughs> 
too many of us get caught up in being a consumer of posting whatever and being a consumer of what other people are posting or getting caught up on the latest tea to where we don't even realize that the opportunity of social media is to provide market research. So if you know that your competitor, um, let's say you are you have an athleisure brand, I don't know, or athletic brand, and Nike is the number one in your industry. Go on Nike's Instagram and read their comments. What are people talking about? Is people are not is are people asking for their order? Like, hey, I ordered uh, some leggings six months ago and I haven't gotten them. I'm calling the people. I'm calling your customer service line, but nobody's picking up. I've sent seventeen emails and nobody's responded to me yet. Can you help? That's telling you that their customer service is not that great. So that's something that that's an opportunity for you, you know, so really pay attention to the comments, pay attention to people's reviews. Now, they're all go, always going to be some bitter betties, but that's why you have to do a lot of research so that you can develop a, a under a complete understanding and be able to kind of toss out the people that's just mad and the people who have valid concerns or people who have valid praises like oh my gosh I love these leggings so much there's they're so thick I can work out with them I feel comfortable walking around with them on a regular day hashtag Nike like whatever but now you saw this post and you're like okay so they like the durability of the the fabric they like this they like that they want something that they can yeah work out in but they can also do errand, run errands in as well so this is this is giving you so much free information by just paying attention on social media and reading their um, reading their reviews and things like that. Go on their website, read the reviews on their website and not even just on social media. So, yes, number three is pay attention to consumer responses of each of your competitors. If they have a podcast, look at the reviews. What are people saying about the podcast? What do they like? What do people not like about their podcast? So really pay attention to these things, you guys, because it's really going to help you with uh, developing a marketing strategy that's really, really going to work for you. Number four, buy their products or services, buy their products or do a trial of their services. And when you do this, put yourself in your target audience's shoes, right? So let's say you are a clothing company and your competitor, using the same example, your competitor is, um, well, let's not use Nike. Hmm. Let's say you are a natural products line and your competitor is Shea Moisture and you buy some shampoo from Shea Moisture. Pay attention to the whole process. How easy was it for you to purchase that shampoo? When you got on their website, how easy, like what steps did you go to to find what it is that you were looking for? Did you have to uh, go through a lot of steps to get there, a lot of unnecessary steps to get there? Was their website not utilized properly for you to easily get what you want? Is all you bought, if you went on there to buy shampoo, shampoo, is all you bought? Is shampoo all that you bought or were you convinced to to buy something else? You saw something else that you felt like you needed. If that happened, what made you think like that? Was it a pop up that came up and reminded you like, oh, you might need some conditioner, too? Or was the um, moisturizer strategically placed somewhere like, hey, after you wash your hand, you wash your hair, your hands going to be ashy. Here's some moisturizer. Like, what was it that made you purchase something else after you purchase it or while you're purchasing it? How easy was it for you? you to get it did you were you able to just go ahead to your paypal account and take care of it without finding your credit card or did you have to go find your credit card how did you feel about that experience what would have made that experience better for you 
These are the things that you really have to think about when you're doing a competitor analysis because it causes you to look beyond the surface and it causes you to kind of figure out what it is that you can do to make situations better. After you purchased your, your everything that you purchased, did you get a, a, a follow-up email? After you got your, your um, whatever it is that you ordered, did they send you, um, did they keep in touch with you? Did they reach out to you after a certain amount of time to see if you would like to order more? What was that post purchase experience like? Would you go back and purchase for them again? Or did you forget about them after you made that original purchase? Why did you forget about them? Is it because they didn't keep in touch with you? Like really think about these things. That's so as you're uh, going through step number four and purchasing products and services, put yourself in your target audience's shoes and think of it. After you do that, though, you also have to put yourself in a business owner's shoes so that you can kind of see where the gaps are. Also, even when it comes to services, let's say somebody has an opportunity for a free session with them. And let's say, let's use a, 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 a business coach, for example, and you want to be a, a business coach. So you sign up for, let's say, a free discovery call with a business coach. What was the process like of you signing up for that call? How did you find out about them in the first place? Were you listening to them on a podcast and you listen to them every week? So that made you want to invest in them. That may tell you that podcast podcast may be a platform for you or let's say you signed up for a call with them or you went on their website to get your questions answered and you saw the success stories of people that they worked with you saw the services and what it entails you saw all of these things that made you actually want to talk to them on the phone figure out what were those things that you saw and write those down after you get on the phone with them what was the call like how first of all how did you even schedule the call did you have to send them an email and be like hey what time are you free I want to have a call with you and then they was like hey I'm free this day and y'all went back and forth on emails for uh, six months before even getting on the call? Or was it easy to just go and sign up for a call um, right then and there with whatever time works best for you? Okay, if you if if you were able to do either one of those, write that down so you can compare how you felt about each. After you got off, got on the phone with them, what was that conversation like? If you decided to sign up for their program, why did you decide to do that? If you didn't, why did you not? Was it price? Was it you weren't confident after talking to them? Like really analyze these things so that you know what how to to be competitive in your market and how to do your business in a way that works better for your consumer. And number five, analyze your competitor's content. I told you guys, I think it was maybe two episodes ago, how keeping up with like all of these social medias and trying to have a presence on all of those is not only tiring, but it's a, it's a complete waste of time. You focus on the con, the content types and platforms that, uh, work best for your, your consumer, but also set you apart. So I recently did, I had a meeting with my social media manager and we were talking about content. I was telling her, I'm like, I'm not really interested in doing a whole bunch of whatever else is doing this is I'm not going to tell you the specifics um, but this is what I want to do this is something that my competitors are not doing a lot of people are doing this but my particular competitors aren't really doing this 
for the same reasons I feel like they aren't doing podcasts, but also because there are so much of this content type out there, mine needs to be different. So here's what I want to do. I want to present it in this type of way so that not only am I meeting my consumer where they already are, but I'm giving them something different. They're not eating with the same fork. I'm giving them something different. It's something that they like, something they didn't even know that they were looking for just because one, I paid attention to what other people were and were not doing enough. Um, I paid attention to where my target audience was enough to now that I, I have a lot of my questions already answered. Then it's left to me as the business owner, as the marketer to figure out how to present it in a way that that's different and allows me to stand out. So yeah, definitely analyze people's content. If your competitors, people are really, fo- really love their blogs, blogs, as much as that, that medium is dying, it may be something for you to, uh, uh, um, adapt or utilize in the short term while also figuring out where, like, where is that leading to though? Cause blogging is going to be dead in the next five years. You know what I'm saying? So, or if podcast is what your competitors, um, what your target audience really, really loves from your competitors, then create a podcast, but make your show different from your competitors. So you're offering them something different. Um, so yeah, those are the five ways to conduct your competitor analysis. I feel like I just gave y'all a lot and this was a really good, these are some really good points. These are things that you can't necessarily Google. Um, but I'm gonna go through them one more time. Number one is identify your competitors, pick the top three to five, but also make sure you include the number one in your industry and be mindful of the up and coming. Number two, do a SWOT analysis on each one that you identify. Number three, read consumer responses. Number four, buy the products or do a trial of their service by putting yourself in the target audience shoes. And number five, analyze their content. So I just said a mouthful. I'm going to uh, actually just wrap this up here. If you have any questions, definitely ask your questions, you guys. Like I would love to give you um, this marketing advice and give you guys some things that you can really apply in your business. Definitely just go to www.blessedandbossedup.com and click on the Ask a Boss tab and ask all the questions that you may have and I will answer them on the show. Talk to you guys next week. Amazon business owners, Jill Lau, Chief Procurement Officer of Global Network Bank. Last week, Jill saved big and used Amazon business to help her team buy 327 headsets. Now Bob can keep his conversations to himself. Wait, am I still on speakerphone? With business buying easier than before, Jill now uses her extra time to focus on growing something big. Buy smarter, dream bigger.